Ba-dum, na-dum. 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 What time is it? It's secret episode time. Time is it? It's secret episode time. Time is it? It's secret episode time. It's here. When I was a much younger man, I started writing my secret episode plan. Number one, I couldn't think of what to do, so I read The Wizard of Oz, and then, and then King Two was more even less prepared, but actually was actually more prepared. Actually, I had written that short story, so soup is what I did for you, yeah, what you do for me. Now we're on episode three, and I'm even less prepared, less prepared, you see, because I didn't get it done, and now it went to be, I've got... The time limit of one, two, three, four, five hours till it's got to be uploaded. Six o'clock on the dot, my mind might explode if I don't get it done as quick as I can. But don't worry, I got half of a plan. Let's get on down to recording the podcast. Gotta get it done, even if it only lasts ten minutes less than my usual record. Thirty-five minutes and I'll be good. It's Secrets Episode 3. It's Secret Episode 3. Number 3. It's Secret Episode 3. Please come down and ride with me. It's secret episode three, 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 secret episode secret episode three. Hello, it is me, Liam, for the third secret episode. The third secret episode, which is also my third solo episode, because that's what they're all called. If you haven't gotten the naming thing that I'm doing with that yet. If you ever see a secret episode, it will most likely be me, and only me. I'll change the name if there's me and someone else, you know? Um, I don't have a whole lot planned for you today. I have a few bits and pieces here, a few bits and pieces there, some sentences like last time that will just, you know, force my mind to create stuff on the spot. We all know how well that went down last time. Uh, Some of my best work, some of the best work on the podcast We'll just roll with it again because it seemed to work and also I don't have much more time and I'm also working so I'll need to pause in between recording to get this done. (laughs) So yeah, as always, please like, subscribe, hit that motherfucking like button, hit that motherfucking subscribe button, hit that motherfucking follow button, hit that motherfucking any of the buttons, all the buttons, just do it and also comment on our posts, which can be found at, I really should have learned this by now, at real underscore tuna boot. You know what? Dougal can say on the next podcast. <laughs> look up tuna boot, you'll find it. And if you don't find it, look it up again, it'll be there. It's definitely there. It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram. The accounts are linked, so if you can't find it through one of them, like, maybe we should start posting. Instagram stuff on the Facebook. I think it's already done that. I don't know. Dougal handles most of the socials. Uh, it's not really mine and uh, Jim's thing. Uh, even though I did do it for a job for two months. It was not two months, it was one month. And our sponsor today is by plates. Plates with forks and knives on them. Plates and forks and knives on them that used to have omelettes also on them. And the omelettes did have chicken, ham and cheese in it. But not anymore because omelets have been eaten. 
they are sponsoring us today. Uh, and what they're offering us is some dishes that if you are like a clean freak and you like to clean your house, but you know, like sometimes you've done all the cleaning and you just say, ah, I wish I had more cleaning to do. You can get some plates with forks and knives on them that used to have uh, omelettes with ham and cheese and chicken in them. And they ship them right out to you and then you put them on your counter and then you walk out the room, you walk back in, you're just like, oh, well, I better do the dishes. And there you go and you get a little bit extra cleaning. Great time. Absolutely fucking phenomenal time. Uh, if you want to get in contact with them, all you need to do is knock on my door and I will just transport them down to you personally. The sponsor is my own company, yes. I'm self-employed now. Uh, the podcast hasn't given me as much revenue as I thought I would be getting from it. You know, I thought by now we'd be making, you know, 20 quid a podcast. We're not getting that. We're not getting a single penny. And these sponsors that we are getting, the one, the the things that should be paying us, none of the money's come in. It's bounced. Every check is bounced. Every single sponsor we have was taking the piss. Uh, and frankly, I'm fed up, so I'm going out and I'm starting my own business. So if you want to clean my dishes, just give me a shout and I'll bring them down. Or I might ask someone else to bring them down because I'm busy recording this podcast for you. And snatch. It's the five minute showdown. If you've not seen this before, this is a show where I narrate a five five for five minutes or less, depending on how long it lasts. Today's contestants are Willie, Jim, Bob, and the frighteningly big eagle, also known as the eagle. So what we're seeing here, folks, is uh, Willie, Jim, Bob is uh, walking towards the eagle, and the eagle is starting to flap its wings. Uh, now, Willie Jim Bob didn't actually bring any weapons with him today, so he's just going barefisted. He's uh, as barefisted as the day he was born. And the eagle can see that he's got no protection, no armor. It's just a man called Willie Jim Bob. And the eagle has taken flight. He's uh, soaring up into the sky and he's circling around Willie Jim Bob, maybe about oh, five, six meters up. And then Willie Jim Bob is looking confused because now he doesn't know how he's supposed to fight the eagle. Because, you know, the eagle's up in the sky. But the eagle has pinpointed his weakness. His eyes. The eagle comes down. And he's down. And then he just fucking... His talons go into this man's eye sockets. Willie Jim Bob's on the ground. He can't see. Blood's coming out everywhere. He's screaming. He's in pain. The eagle's laughing. He's going... And the eagle just flies away. Grabs his eyes. And takes them back to the nest where he feeds them to his baby... Baby eagles, I don't know what they're called. And Willie Jim Bob's writhing on the ground. The eagle's coming back for round two. This time he's going for the knackers. Now, like, Willie Jim Bob, although he can't see, he is fully well aware of what's next. So, you know, the eagle comes down and boom, Willie Jim Bob knocks him in the face with a big meaty fist. And the eagle flies back and goes, and, and then Willie Jim Bob stands up and he can't see still, so like, he's, he's no clue what's going on. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I've got an issue with my throat today. Um, so if my accent changes, that's what's going on. Uh, now, now the eagle is coming back. He's swooping in. He's ducking and weaving. Jillian Bob swings. Uh, and no, nothing. Doesn't doesn't connect. The the eagle swings round. And um, oh, God. Oh, oh. The eagle had got him in the back of the knee, severed an artery. Willie Jim Bob is on the ground. He is bleeding out, motherfucker. Um, 
the eagle goes from the other back of the knee, and then the inside of each elbow. Jesus Christ, he is slaughtering this boy. Well, Jim Bob uh, is now basically useless. He is a hunk of flesh on the ground, ripe for the eagle to take back piece by piece to the baby birds, the baby eagles in the nest. And, oh, okay, yeah, no. Uh, the eagle tried to go for his face again, but missed and hit the ground and snapped his neck. So technically, since Willie Jim Bob is still alive, he is the winner. I hope you enjoy that episode of Five Minute Showdown. It was less than five minutes. I'm pretty sure. I lost track. Uh, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And next time we'll get an even bigger eagle. And William Jim Bob's cousin. Billy Wimjob. Thank you very much. Now it's time for this. Book club, book club. Come and get your book club. Book club, club. Come and book your book club, club. Book your book clubbing club booking with our book club clubbing experience book now. Book your book club club bookings at the book club bookings club with Booker Club T. Bookerson Esquire book clubs. So there was a guy, and this guy, he uh, he walked out into the street. There was no cars going about. He just simply walked out dead night and stood in the road. And from there he could see the entirety of his street. And he thought to himself, well, if I live on this street, if I exist on this street, am I the street? And a car drove past and he called the driver and he was just like, oh, well, if I live on this street, if I exist on this street, am I the street? And the guy in the car said, mate, I'm too drunk for this, so I, I need to get home. So the guy continues walking down his street. He doesn't leave his street because if he was to leave his street, he would no longer be the street in his mind. Um, until he got to the end. It was a little T-junction at the end of the road. And he's just like, what if I am between these two streets? If I exist on this street and that street, am I both streets? Am I neither? Do I exist between streets? Now a car came to turn around the T-junction and this car slowed down because obviously this guy was standing in the middle of the street and the car pulled right up to him and he's standing right in front of him and the guy was just like, mate, if I stand between these two streets, not on one street, not on the other, but in between and or on both, am I both streets? Do I exist within both streets or do I exist between both streets? And the guy in the car said, mate, I'd already told you I'm too drunk for this. I already took the wrong turn and I don't even know how I ended up back here and carried on his way. So then the guy walked down to the other end of his street and saw the crashed car and the remains of the drunk guy driving his car strewn across the road. And he asked himself, if I no longer exist, in spirit, but if I exist in body, am I still part of the street? And the other guy said nothing because he was dead. But then the guy thought to himself, well, what does it matter? Be I street in between streets or not street? I feel street. So, you know, just do it your own way. You don't need to ask permission from other people. Just 
Be yourself. General Rocks! If the, <laughs> if the Earth was a chicken, we would all be dead. And here's why. Um, so if the Earth was a chicken, first of all, we would be existing on top of the chicken. We'd be sur on the surface of the chicken. Now, the surface of the chicken is obviously densely populated with feathers. And so, oh, uno momento. So, back to the chicken thing. Sorry, I got rudely sidetracked by my job delivering all these dishes to your homes. Uh, I've already had six people get in contact for me to give them my dirty dishes. And I'm now starting to run out, so I will need to make more dirty dishes for you guys to uh, get. This time I was rudely interrupted by my flatmate bringing me a freshly baked cinnamon roll. He didn't bring me a plate for it though, it is just uh, a napkin. So unfortunately I don't have any more plates for you as of yet. I will keep you updated though. Just keep sending in those messages. This is the first time I've actually made money off this podcast. So keep it coming. Right, back to the whole chicken thing. So what I was saying was if we were living on the planet chicken and the chicken would be densely covered in feathers. So first of all, it would be quite difficult to uh, create a habitat on that chicken. However, it wouldn't be impossible. We would be able to create a habitat in amongst the feathers. Like fleas and all that, they're on chickens. They, they survive. So we'd need to live like fleas, right? But obviously, humans are greedy. Fleas are greedy to a point. Humans more likely to populate the chicken further and further each year, like more families spread now. Fleas keep it kind of like casual, don't they? So I'm just worried that eventually we would get so hungry that we would begin to eat the chicken in which we live. And, you know, like, first of all, that's going to, like, be very itchy for the chicken. So then the chicken's probably going to go, like, scratch, you know, like, itself. Um, some of us will get wiped out by that, but that's fine. Not all of us will continue to eat the chicken, populate more, and eventually we'll start going deeper and deeper into the chicken. And it will die. It will die first. But then without our source of food, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go rotten if it dies. And then we'll be living on a rotten chicken, and that's going to be fucking horrible. Some of us might just kill ourselves at that point just to get it done quick. Other of us will just starve because the rotting meat, the rotting flesh of the chicken will make us, in, like, ridiculously ill. And then the whole human population would die out. Uh, so, yeah, so, as I said, if the earth was a chicken, we would all die, and that's why. And now a PSA from the United Nations. If we all killed one person, the earth would flourish and nature would reclaim its own. Obviously, we don't want to have to arrest any of you for murder. And on this podcast, we would never tell you to kill yourself. So what we need to do is to campaign hard in order to join Switzerland in permitting assisted suicide. If every human on Earth was to sit in a giant circle, like you see in those kids' Peace on Earth uh, videos, and then just, you know, help euthanise the person next to them, we could eradicate the human population from this once beautiful planet in pretty much no time at all. And maybe then, maybe then, we can finally contribute properly to the attack on climate change. 
Once every disgusting, smelly human is dead and gone, the animal and plant life of this once beautiful earth will finally have a chance to survive. End the human plague. End climate change. Assist in the suicide of our transgressions against Mother Earth. My name is I regretted this whole bit already, Thunberg, and once you're all gone, I will rise from the ashes of the old world and stand amongst the corpses of my known enemies. You will not stop me. I will be queen. Attenborough will be my performing monkey. No longer will he deliver his depressive anecdotes of human depravity, for I will remove his tongue from his head, and you will all be dead and gone. I will be queen. I will be the Earth's saviour. I am death personified, here to usher in the birth of our future, my future, my world. Well, that was fucking cheery. Kill your neighbours, save the planet. I think there's a little something we could all take away from that sentiment. The save the planet part. Just kill your neighbours and fuck the planet. Bobby Brecken and the bee's knees. He finally defeated the beekeeper. But now all the bees are amputees. They need to go to the surgical theatre. The bees need reattachment surgery to get their bees' knees back. Do, 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 do. Then the bees will need physiotherapy so the bees can walk again. Gotta get those bees their knees back. Gotta let them walk again. Bow, bow, bow. Gotta get those bees their knees back. Gotta let them... Let them walk again. The beekeeper's shitty joke shop will no longer be the scourge of the bees. It's bee time. Ba 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 bee ba 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 bee bee ba 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 bee ba 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 bee bee ba 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 bee ba bee time stops. It's bees bees bees. It's always been about the bees. If I had a pocket, Delilah, Delilah. If I had a pocket, I'd show you my hole. If you ever find yourself in one of these situations, please report the person showing you the hole. Holes are illegal in this state, and no hole's a good hole. We need to get the bastards. Lock them up and throw them in a cube. No holes here, not even in prison. We use this technology, you see. It displaces your atoms around the atoms of the object you're getting displaced into, therefore requiring no holes in the process. Holes are banned, no more holes. (sighs) There once was a hungry caterpillar sitting on a leaf, and he said to me, Munch, munch. And I said to him, munch, munch. And then he continued up the tree, up the little branch that he was on, until he got to the next leaf, for he'd already eaten that leaf. And he turned to me, and he said, munch, munch. And I said back to him, munch, munch. And he continued again, crawling up the twig, until he got to the next leaf. He was a very hungry caterpillar, and he turned to me, and he said, munch, munch. And I said, munch, munch. And then a bird came down and landed next to the caterpillar and turned to me and said, munch, munch. And I said, munch, munch. And a cat came over and pounced and caught the bird that was sitting on the tree. And the cat turned to me and said, munch, munch. And I said, munch, munch. And then a dog came out and he fucking bounded over and started like, the bottom of the tree just fucking barking and that. And he turned to me and he was just like, I can't fucking reach that cat, it's too high up, can you give me a lift? And I said, hey, yeah, go along, pal. Fucking get that fucking cat, cats are evil. Dogs are cool. And I chuck him up in the tree and he lands gracefully, or as gracefully as he can as a dog flying up in the air. Uh, and he lands next to the cat. And the cat says, 
You fucking kidding me, pal? You just let me eat this bird. You gonna let this dog eat me? And I looked at the cat and I was just like, munch, munch. The dog ripped it to shreds. Now me and the dog are moving in together and uh, we've uh, been dating for like pff, the last six years. And you know, it's it's not always been great. It's not always been bad. Like it's like we just we've made do because you know you can only you can only do so much with interspecies relationships. Um, like sex is obviously a no no because I don't want to get put in jail. But I love this dog and the dog loves me. And I feed him cats sometimes because cats are evil. But I also remember that caterpillar, my first love. <sighs> I miss you, buddy. Munch munch. What would you do if you were locked up in a prison with no windows and no doors? Every crack was sealed, no light could penetrate its walls. What would you do? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, guys, there's an obvious answer here. No, you wouldn't sleep. No, you wouldn't sing to yourself. No, you wouldn't masturbate yourself into coma. You would suffocate. There's no oxygen getting in there, you know? Like, every crack's been sealed, there's no windows, no... Well, I don't even know how you got in there, but, like, if you were in there, you would die. Simple as. Like, I mean, that, this was this was an easy question. Easy. Okay, an idiot. Christ. That was the noise of a car quite far away as he's uh, crossing junctions and you're looking down perpendicular to where he's driving. Um, what's next? You know what, like, so I've got a little bit of time to fill and uh, my brain has gone dry. I've got a crusty, like, like my, my brain feels like sand. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to give you a little, uh, a little insight into something I'd been working on in my spare time. Another story. Another story. This is a chapter of one, though. This is not a short story. This is chapter one, or the first draft of chapter one. There's kind of a couple drafts in, but you know what? I just I was working on this one chapter. I've not finished anything yet. So let's. Uh, I'll, I'll read that for you. That that'll do. That'll finish this off. And it's you know what? Say best for last, as as I always say, like eating pudding after you eat the rest of your food. Uh, like fucking wiping your bum after you've taken a shit. You know, like licking someone's face after you surprise them. Throwing a water balloon at kids after you've frozen it in the freezer. Um, I could keep going all day on this. I might just do this. Um, closing the cupboard door after you've pushed your sibling in it and kicked them in the stomach and then locking it. Standing outside after it's rained. Lovely. Absolutely love it. Listening to this podcast after having a shitty day. Realising that the lamp that you've been turning on and off for fucking days is actually an upside down basket and it's quite nice. That's saving best for last. I wouldn't even turn it on tons. Now I've found out it's a basket that's upside down. Oofed. The chills. Finishing work and then going for the beer.
starting work and then going for a beer. Having a beer and then having a second beer. Not having a beer, then having a beer. 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 Appreciation for beers. Cool. Right, yeah, I'll read you that story now. I hope you enjoyed. This is the first chapter of a book I have not named yet that is set within a book. Most likely the first chapter. Cool, right. I hope you enjoy. The stage lights up to reveal three figures. Each stood behind a podium TM. Each clad in a different coloured robe signifying their importance. Deep red with a golden trim, deep purple with a silver trim, white with a white trim. The three men peered out into the smallish hall, staring back at them around 50 pairs of eyes and a few dozen lenses, each streaming the event directly into the homes of around a dozen systems. Figure one, the one in red, was portly. A little too big and a little too short. It didn't fit his face and it made his good eye look like it was ready to pop right on out of there. The robes matched his cheeks perfectly. Good evening all. To those of you watching at home, we thank you for tuning in. If you would like to upgrade your subscription, you can do so now. Ad-free M4G TM is accessible by pushing the big red button. Esteemed Lords, we thank you for bearing witness tonight. You will be able to claim back tax on tonight's event if you quick mail TM your claim to the local GovHop TM. Citizens of Planet Bottom here with us tonight. We thank you for bearing witness also. As you well know, I, Lord Rigel, Captain of the Seventh Son, All Father of the People's Republic, Champion... The figure in purple clicks Rigel's shin. Everyone present is too fixated to notice. Get on with it, he whispers. Lord Rigel clears his throat and continues. Champion of the Galactic Reliance TM, I'm here today with Lord Tragadon, your representative, and Lord June, our mediator. We shall be discussing your planet's application to leave the Galactic Reliance TM. The boos of the many immediately drowned out any enthusiasm for autonomy. The decrepit white-clad man, who looked like he had passed his sell-by date a few centuries ago, makes a feeble attempt to call for order. Failing to quash the uproar, he pinches his middle finger between his thumb and his pinky finger, initiating his loud voice TM. Order! Order! The crowd goes silent, save for the giggle at the back from the guy who couldn't understand why no one else found that funny. Thank you, Lord June, begins Tragadon. He notices the front row admiring his beautiful purple locks that flowed down to the stage floor. This was quite the feat, considering he was seven foot tall and unable to grow an inch of hair anywhere else on his body. The kids at school used to make fun of him for his alopecia all the time, always calling him a troll doll TM. But now he was the lord with the second sexiest hair in the galaxy, and all of his ex-classmates were bald and or dead. Yes, after last month's brainstormathon TM, where we discussed how to improve the lives of our citizens, I approached Lord Rigel with what I believed was a most pressing matter. A substantial percentage of our society no longer wants to be associated with the Galactic Reliance, TM. The booze start up again. He whispers, I thought the crowd was supposed to be 50-50, Rigel. 
This is a bloody planet-wide press conference, Traggers. Of course it was going to be 7030. We need to make sure everyone sees what we want them to see. Order! Order! The booing stops, and again, the guy at the back giggles at the sheer volume emitted by the crinkly old man that could be pummeled by a well-thrown bag of beans. Tragodon places his hands together, raises them above his head and back down to his chest, where he clasps them within his sleeves. Thank you, Lord Doom. Yes, we are here today on your behalf to debate whether or not it's a good idea to leave the Union. Rigel steps forward. Yes, we very much appreciate that you have come to us with this worry, and though it deeply saddens us that some of you are not content with the current status quo, we are hopeful that today we can find a resolution that is suitable for all. Applause erupts. The three men bow and in unison perform the same gesture that Tragodon performed. Hands together, hands up, hands down, hands clasped, silence. They step forward and towards each other, grasp each other's hands, bow their heads. The stage darkens, the crowd audibly breathes in, a spotlight shines on the trifecta. They each look at one another. For a moment, it feels like the entire atmosphere is sucked out of the room, and then... Light shoots out from the eyes of each lord and is welcomed by the mouth of another. The light dancing, flowing, living, colours so incomprehensible that unless you were lucky enough to be watching at home on the new future 5D TM range, you kind of had to just close your eyes to avoid the vaguely permanent retinal damage. And then it stops. The spotlight dims and the house lights come up. The three men turn to face their audience. Rigel steps forward. It is decided. Planet Bottom, formerly known as Uranus will remain within the Galactic Reliance, TM. The silence is thick, with wonder and a hint of exasperation. Dragadon steps forward. It was a fierce debate, and there were many valid points raised on both sides, mind you. A voice from the crowd. Yeah, like what? Dragadon stops. What? Well, what did you debate about? Well, it's a, it's a little too complex to... Who is that? Dragadon turns to June. June, sort that out. I don't like that. June turns to the crowd. Order! Order! Another voice. Nah, come on. What do you lot speak about then? Some more voices. Yeah, did you tell them I don't want to pay no more tax? What about the bloody aliens? Well, I called the Galactic IRS, and when they turned up, they tried to ship me off. Could you imagine the absolute cheek? Should have just stayed on Earth. I don't like the roads. There's too many fucking cars on them. Order. Order. Rigel, his face now a deeper red than his robes, his brow furrowed to a point where his good eye was compatible to a chicken's arsehole, presses on his middle finger. Quiet. No. All of you. June scowls at him. I'm going to be very clear here. We have debated this matter. A conclusion has been arrived at. Our decision is final. He lets go of his middle finger. His voice settles to a soft snarl. If anyone disagrees with us, be sure to send a quick mail, TM, to good old Lord Tragodon here. He slaps Tragodon on the back and whispers, Get your people under control, Tragos, or they'll be next in line for reassignment. Got it. They both smile and wave. June waves but continues to scowl at Rigel for stealing his thunder. Exactly 70% of the crowd stands up to applaud their lords. The other 30%, all of whom are seated at the back, stay seated. Which is precisely why none of them saw what happened next. 
misshapen ethereal blobs burst forth from the chest of each of the three men. Rigel, Tragodon and June all feel a cold wash over them. They witness the ghostly protrusions break free from their being and then watch as they twist down towards the stage four, collapsing in on themselves, continually morphing, until finally they each resemble a small ticking metal orb. The front two rows grow confused as they watch the horror stretch across the three men's faces, completely unaware of the upcoming chaos as the gravity grenades, TM, tick their final talks. They say that in your final moments you relive your greatest achievements or your deepest regrets, or that you see the dark hooded boogeyman that comes to relieve you of your galactic shackles. Rigel was rather upset that security hadn't done their job properly, and that he was about to die at a press conference for a planet that not two days ago he had suggested they could easily just blow up and say that it was an accident. Tragodon felt defeated, as after 250 years serving the Galactic Reliance TM, he was beginning to suspect that maybe he was on the wrong side, and tonight, he felt, most likely proved him right. June was still annoyed that Rigel spoke over him. He had always thought he was a poncy little twat, and now thanks to him, his last words will have been quiet and unimportant. If they weren't both about to die, he might have gone for Rigel himself. Talk. The short-range gravity grenades TM imploded. Rigel was stressed so much so that for the first time in his life he was as tall and slim as he always imagined himself to be. Then his insides were outside. What escaped from the seismic suction splattered across the crowd, ceiling, floors and walls. Tragodon's hair was ripped from his scalp in one fluid motion, which would have been extremely painful if all the nerve endings in his scalp weren't also ripped out. In fact, for most of those present, this was the first time in their lives that they would have seen an entire nervous system, spine and all. A celebrated novelist that was in attendance that evening described how it was almost poetic in its movements, as it flew up into the air to lick the ceiling before it was yanked back down to join the rest of its former body. Years later, he would be convicted of serial murder in a case that rocked the galaxy. He had spent the remainder of his years trying to replicate that event, and in his final moments, when asked his final words, he would regale the story of this night, and how this was the first time in his life he had witnessed art in its truest form. June was crumpled into a pulp, his bones bending and crushing, his organs popping and squishing, until there was only mush left. The stage itself was also torn apart, flooring and podium further adding to the carnage. When it stopped, it was quiet. Then began the screaming. Right, well, uh, I hope you've all enjoyed tonight's performance. This is a... I'd like to give a big hand to uh, Liam. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Thank you very much, thank you very much. All undeserved, I'm sure. Uh, this might be the second best one that I've done. Might be the first. It's, it's hard to choose between this and The Wizard of Oz, the original secret episode, because uh, I, I hold that close to my heart. It's a special place in there. You never know, I might return to The Wizard of Oz at some point. I know my mother would love love that. Um, but for now, I'm just going to continue just doing weird shit that I can bash out in an hour. Because, you know what? I don't have time. I'm working all the time. I don't have time. I'm working all the time. I don't have time. I'm working all the time. And if you want to listen to me, you'll just get on and do it. Yeah, listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast. Subscribe and Listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast, listen to the podcast, subscribe. Very quickly, album recommendation of the week is Tickets for Doomsday. It's a collection of heavy psychedelic funk and soul ballads and dirges from 1970 to 1975. Give it a listen, it's fucking cool. I've been Liam.
I've been doing I've been doing We've been chin about good. All of love. Share. Uh, bye.